0: back again back again episode seven swords and teachers cassian's sword was just as beautiful as my own though in a vastly different way where mine was flowers and magic and prophecy his was starlight and sharp edges of promise constellations and an etching of what half looked like the sea ran along his blade Story of gentle nights in a sky full of promise. A you're not alone so long as their sky is so much as it was. What strange constellations are found here, and how aloof they sit. He was, in fact, waiting for me in the clearing with the wild flowers and the enarbol, the, the great tree, as his note had promised. He had dumped at the base of the tree enough assorted armor to fit half an army, and yet he sat, waiting. Against the trunk, his sword balanced across his lap, his eyes closed to the morning air. I couldn't help but stare. And as he cracked one eye open to see me, wide-eyed and open-mouthed at the craftsmanship of the sword, he stood and offered it out to me, deftly swinging the blade around to offer it hilt first. I hesitated, reaching out my hands, not knowing if it held the same kind of curses as mine to keep others from touching it. Something that beautiful had to be forsaken to others. Are all swords here like that? I asked, nodding to the blade he held. Like like mine? He held the blade out flat and tilted it back and forth as I had some days earlier, so that the engravings caught the light. The ones with stories, he said. The ancient ones. And? He chuckled, lightly, at this. The expensive ones. Is it a... I hadn't known how to finish that sentence. The fill-in I had been looking for ran vaguely along the lines of a Rizean thing, but I wasn't sure whether or not that would actually clear anything up. There's tradition in having one sword from your sixteenth onwards, he said. And for it to be made for you rather than as someone unknown to be purchased at a later date, they say that a blade begins to hold memory after a life long enough. And as long as the original owner is uh, he hesitated here, gone. The weapon can be passed on for a new sixteenth. He shook his head. It's n- nonsense. What swords know if they know anything, it- it's not the point. The point is that when a sword is made, it's made with a story in mind. This is what was thought when the bellows said Cassius Rex. And then Cassian shifted his stance, raising the sword in both hands and putting one foot behind the other like he was squaring up for a fight. Which, he was. Are you ready? he asked, and I nodded, trying to mimic his stance. He walked around to my side and corrected my position with whisper-thin touches, bringing my hand slightly further towards my heart, less like I was swinging a bat, so my sword followed. Is your weight centered? he asked, and I adjusted, shifting back and forth until I was certain I was. Good, he said. This is your start. As long as you can find here, you'll be okay. He took a few steps back, then mirrored me, in slow motion, he swung his sword out into the right so it came from my left side. I stepped, shifting my weight, and brought my sword to meet it. Stay there? He asked, and once again came around to adjust my stance. We repeated in this way him showing me basic attacks and defenses, and us going back and forth in slow, half battle. Where even at this pace my mind was still racing to try and make sure I was performing correctly, Cassian was relaxed, his sword an extension of him flashing in his grip. He'd done this for years, that much was obvious. And by the fact that he'd been riding with the soldiers that first day we'd seen each other, this was more than a formality to him. He knew how to fight, and he'd used the training he'd had. Again. He ordered but you attack me this time so i did after a hesitation of several seconds an overthinking that ended with my eyes fixed on the place i was aiming long before i started to move the steps still felt unnatural to me my grip rigid and odd my movements clunky and unsure he blocked me without problem pushing my sword away faster Cassian suggested. Do not stare so long at where you aim to hit. I tried again, even more pathetically. Cassian rolled his eyes and came at me, faster than before, and I brought my sword up as quickly as I could to meet his and overshot, my blade only catching the tip of his before the weight of his sword slammed into my arm. I started to bleed (sighs) and curse Cassian's eyes got really wide and he began apologizing like nothing else a line of sorry 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 that tumbled between Risaian and English I tried to laugh so I didn't cry with minimal success and hissed as he ripped a strip of linen from his shirt and wrapped it around my arm "'Sorry, sorry, 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 sorry,' he continued. Uh, that, "'That wasn't my intention. I, I'm so sorry,' as, as my fingers grazed over the cut, "'pain hissing through my teeth and out into the air. "'I'm... G- gonna sit down,' I mumbled, more than slightly teary at this point, "'and clunked down beside the interval. "'Beside the pile of armor.' we'd forgotten about. Cassian performed a long series of rather impressive swears as he came to the same conclusion I did. Uh, Elias, uh, I laughed again and tried not to do that thing where you get bitter over things that are just as much your own fault as the other person's because I'd forgotten as well. Too entranced by discussions of swords and beautiful things, and becoming a real fighter, capitalized and emphasized to think about practicalities like protective equipment. It's fine. What sort of armor covers your forearms, anyways? I asked, mostly joking. Well, he said, reluctance tinging the corners of his voice, and I stopped, turned to look to him. Cassian, I prompted. What sort of armor covers your forearms anyways? This was how I learned about bracers. (laughs) This was, coincidentally, also the only time I've ever smacked a prince. "I I think we should stop here for now, he said after some minutes, kind of testing the water. I combo grimish sheepish nodded partially because I knew I was making a big fuss over getting injured while playing with swords and partially because I agreed. After sitting still for long enough exhaustion was starting to creep into my limbs, an after-effect of battle and training, unfamiliar to me. He found me armor from the pile temporary leather stuff from past girls who trained at the castle, but the promise of my own coming soon. Another apology. And a third. And a fourth. Left his lips as we went back inside and he dropped me back at my room. And another came. A mouthed sorry as we dined for the king's come evening and his mother asked me what had happened to my arm, now properly wrapped by Rhea, though she'd done it with quite a bit of eye rolling and a few comments to be more careful. It was my first time seeing that side of Rhea. the friend I'd come to know, stepping outside of the role she was taught to play as Mistrana de Elahida, teacher of... me. The next several weeks were spent much the same way. Cassian woke me up early, a knock on my door just passed on, and he was gone, running down to the courtyard as he waited for Rhea and I to wake up. The mornings were spent training, learning how to handle a sword, learning to find comfort in the step rather than hesitation and stiffness. I could never beat Cassian. I still gave myself away as I moved, left myself vulnerable and open more times than not. I didn't know how to fix my weak spots before someone else spotted them, and, though I ended up with many more bruises, a winning combination of armor and slowly developing reflexes stopped me from embarrassing myself with tears again. Cassian stuck around, one morning, after his dawn knock on my door, and I yelped as I pulled it open, not having expected to see a prince sat against the wall. He scrambled to his feet and picked up a box that sat to the other side of him, and, looking rather proud, stepped inside and laid it on my bed. He hesitated. "'You should open it,' he said, and Rhea who snapped herself into complacency in the presence of a king, joined me at my bed as I undid the twine and pulled the lid off the box. It was a set of armor. Leather and metal pulled neatly together into something beautiful. And across the top, at this Cassian tried not to look nearly as impressed with himself as I'm sure he felt, were a pair of bracers, They were leather, with a plate of silvery metal the same color as my sword, covering the side that didn't lace together. The metal was etched in peonies and lily of the valley, and in the center of each one were similar figures to that on my sword. One suggested a girl, casting out for magic, and the other showed a king. Her chin lifted, and a crown set across her brow. I didn't know what to say. Thank you seemed so inadequate, but I tried it anyways, and then again, in Rhysaeon, because they were so clearly a thing of here beauty that trying to make up for them in English words was wrong. Grathinok, Grathinok, Cassius Rex Grathinok. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He stepped closer, leaning against the headrest of my bed. I'm afraid these don't come without cost. There's a rebel group in a town no more than half a day away. From what we've been told, they plan to raise it. We leave in the morning. The kings want you to come with me to... take care of them. I won't lie. Fear twisted my stomach. The cut he'd given me had healed in the weeks that had passed, but I was of no hurry to acquire more injuries, and, what's more, I was of no hurry to hurt people either. I wasn't even sure that I could, if my skills were put to the test against anyone who'd held a sword for at least as long as I had. I was scared of leaving the castle, of facing the possibility of death, of the thought that others would look to me like they had the festival night. Like they had a vision of me I could never match. But I didn't say any of this aloud, because Cassian was just as much someone who expected something of me that I didn't quite understand. Of course, is what I responded with. Looking to Rhea for comfort, looking to the girls and my new armor for reason. As I tried to convince myself that... I would be fine. He nodded. I didn't know if it was relief or the same apprehension I felt that colored his features. I will let them know. Thank you, Elias. I nodded in return, walking with him to the door, and tried not to feel as though I were making a horrible mistake. Again, Back Again is written and produced by me, Abigail Eliza. If you'd like to hear more about the show, visit us on Twitter, Instagram or Tumblr at BackAgainPodcast or on TikTok at Abigail Writes. Our outro music is Nightingales by Pierce Murphy from the album To Japan and is licensed under an attribution license. The song is retrieved from freemusicarchive.org. Visit the description of this episode for full copyright information and a link to the page. Sound effect attribution, similarly, can be found in the episode description. If you've made it this far, thanks for sticking around. You are important in this world and have a role that no one else can fill. You are loved. I hope you have a wonderful day.